Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area, and with me today is only... Anya Crittenton, a writer for Gay Star News, because HT is traversing across Thailand having a fabulous time. Did you see her snaps from the Lantern Festival? Yes, but also her photos with the elephants. Yeah, those are great. Hopefully like, she'll talk about that HT when she comes is having on the podcast. a blast over there. Yeah. Um, but we're going to have a blast over here, I think. Yeah, Anya, why are we going to have a blast over here? Because uh, we are talking about one of the best superhero TV shows that's currently airing right now, and the best superhero show on the network, The CW. You mean Arrow? I don't, actually. What? You mean The Flash? No, not that one. You mean Supergirl? No. Which one could you be possibly talking about? I'm talking about DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and I stand by this claim that it is the best superhero show on the CW. What? I Elaborate, know. Anya. Well, I've never watched Arrow, so I can't actually speak about that one, but I've heard that I, I have, and it's pretty consistently, like, mediocre. Yeah, I've heard very up and down things. Um, mm-hmm. Flash so far peaked in season season one and hasn't been able to get back to how great it was in season one although this i do season, think I do, they've been they've been going back to like more silver agey stuff yeah the season's been getting better um supergirl is uh, i want to love it so much more than i do i'm just struggling mm-hmm. with it right now because i just find it kind of incredibly boring at the moment it's kind of hit a plateau yeah and i think it has to do with monel like the <sighs> the, the the repercussions from monel and like that whole plot yeah and i think that i think they're trying to do new things i i like the idea of lena luther coming in and being same like i like lena the, C, the, the ceo of catco um and that, that their relationship like i mean i think the the strengths of Supergirl are still there of like female friendships like complicated female friendships um and relationships and uh the idea of like Supergirl like like um doing her best and trying to do her best yeah, while also I just, juggling juggling a normal life yeah there's just not something a human life. about it right now that just is very uninteresting I guess mm-hmm. it's not really captivating me anymore um which is a shame because I want to love it as much as I did at the beginning um, similar to Flash, but then there's Legends. Yeah, so Legends of Tomorrow, for people who may not know because they don't, when they heard about it, they kind of wrote it off as like a sequel spinoff that won't go anywhere, is it, they took a lot of the supporting characters from Arrow and The Flash, because Supergirl wasn't on the on the network at the time. Uh, it's also in a different universe. Um, they took uh, Ray Palmer... Um, White Canary, uh, White Canary, uh, Sarah Lance. Uh, they took Professor Stein, Professor and Stein, Jax. and and Jax, who are they are Firestorm, um, uh, Vixen. But that she's an addition of season two. They they took uh, Vixen's grandmother, who was a former Vixen from the uh, Justice Society of America. Um, yeah, they basically took oh, all these McRory. side characters. Yeah, McRory and um, Captain Cole. Yeah, and so they took all these side characters and kind of threw them together in this very Russell T. Davies Doctor Who type show. With Arthur Darville as their <laughs> captain. Exactly. 
And basically the legends, they're a team of time-traveling misfit superheroes who go around and fix time travel problems and fight yeah, bad guys like, and do you know the show it was on cartoon network a long time ago called time squad it sounds familiar but i don't it was it was it was animated it was basically like a very similar concept where there's like anachronisms in, in time and they go back and it but it's also like a bit of a history lesson because they talk about what's wrong with history so they and then they say like oh no this is what history should be so like oh they're talking about napoleon and how oh why is he doing weird things that napoleon shouldn't be doing oh that because there's like a weird time dis- displacement or something so they fix it yeah. so that way time can go back to normal um and like time squad it was like a superhero type dude from a time bureau organization type and uh a Larry 3000 was a robot. I think he was voiced by Mark Hamill and then um a little like a little boy from Earth who was like an orphan who was from an orphanage and they became like they become like this misfit uh sect of this time bureau or time I can't remember, time squad I guess. I never yeah, um, I never watched the show. Yeah, but, but it was, it's basically that sounds basically like legends. Uh, yeah, it was basically the Cartoon Network version of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. But as far as I know, Legends of Tomorrow was that a is that a comic concept that they brought to the um, screen, like the Flash and Arrow, or is it I brand actually new? don't know. I know they take obviously a lot of like all the characters are from the comics, and mm-hmm. um, like things like the Justice League, Justice Society of America from the comics and everything. Um, but I actually don't know if it yeah, if the team the, itself. Because the name sounds new, like I, I I know DC Comics history pretty well, like the general concept of it, um, but it seems like a pretty interesting n- new thing. Yeah, I think the characters are all the real comic characters, but the team itself and like what they're all about, I think that's entirely um, from the Greg Berlanti universe, mm-hmm. um, which I like. It's 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 a fun concept because you get characters that. If they never did the spinoff, they would never meet. Like, I yeah. don't think Ray Palmer and Mick Rory would ever meet. Maybe if Ray guested on The Flash one day or Captain Cold, you know? Yeah. So let's dive into kind of our relationship with Legends um, and why we're talking about it today. So did you watch Legends from the beginning? No. I think I... You know what? I kind of did. I watched the first episode... I watched like the first three or four episodes and then fell off of it. Uh, sometime, I think that they did like a two-parter in Soviet Russia and I kind of fell off because I just uh, didn't, ca- just, I, I don't know, it wasn't captivating me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, see, and then I caught up with it on Netflix when it came on Netflix and I was like, this actually got really good. Um, in season one, it, they're, they do shorter seasons than the full 22 episodes of Flash and Arrow and Supergirl, which is very interesting because they could easily do 22 yeah. just, you know, ke- to keep it in, in terms of it, but they do different things. They're not bound by the 22 episode limit. So a lot of their episodes, none of them are filler really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can call, you can almost call every episode filler, but they also, do a it's almost like old doctor who where they're all standalone but there's an overarching plot there's an overarching plot that leads to like a three episode type finale yeah that's more serialized which is kind of almost standard protocol for all the shows um but flash and arrow 
um, they have a hard time balancing the one-off episodes with serial with the more serialized stuff. Yeah, I liked what Flash season one did, where it was kind of like half of it was like the first half was almost like meta of the week, and then it became much more serialized with the uh, Reverse Flash, mm-hmm. and but then every season became serialized with less frequent meta of the weeks. Yeah. Um, metas of the week, I guess. Um, and but I, what I like about Legends is that each episode is a different time period and different genre, different trope. Like they go to the old west, they go to King Arthur times, they go to the future sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, a big part of season one was basically preventing a dystopian future uh, with Vandal Savage uh, and. We could we could talk about season one and how it differs from seasons well, two and three, but I I liked what season one did, and then I continued watching it from okay. there. Um, so what about you? What's your relationship with the show? So I've never seen any episode of season one. Interesting. Um, because I was one of those people who dismissed the show early on. I was like, this sounds dumb, and it's gonna be the least good of all the CW superhero shows and so I didn't watch any of season one and then it got season one doesn't have good reviews um and I've heard not great things about season one I would say that overall season one is not as good as the two and three but I liked what they were doing you could see the beat you can see the start of what they were doing for seasons two and three like the like the character development and the you know the interesting tropes of and genres they were looking at and exploring yeah um yeah so then I also didn't start watching season two, so I was just a Legends nothing for right, a while. You were like, I'm going to watch Flash and Supergirl and that's And that's it. it. And then my roommate works at the CW. Yeah, disclaimer. She, <laughs> yes, my roommate does work at the CW, and she was like, oh, Anya, they're doing an episode about George Lucas on Legends, and then they're doing an episode about Tolkien that's coming up you should, like, check them out just because you like that stuff. And I was like, okay. And so the George Lucas episode is the episode of season two after the winter break finale. Right. So I had seen none of the first half of season two jump in. And none of season season two. None of season one. You were complete brand new. You had no idea who most of these characters... Well, you probably knew knew I knew who all the characters were. Yeah. um, Just from being in, like, the fandom and stuff. But, like, I didn't really, like know everything right there's, um, char- there's been character development since like seasons two and one yeah Flash and so stuff. i jumped in with season two in the very middle just because i was like oh george lucas and film history and like then we're gonna get tolkien and like this is history i like and so i jumped in and lo and behold instead of just like enjoying the history and the inside jokes and things i ended up falling very hard for this show completely out of the blue Mm-hmm. Kind of hit you and, like a ton of bricks. Yeah, basically. And then I finished season two, went back when it started on Netflix, watched the first half of season two. Um, but you didn't go back to season one. I have not gone back to season one. Um, and now I'm watching season three um, as it airs. And it is just the most enjoyable, solid of the CW superhero shows to me. It's just, it's, the writing has like... Even the first half of season two is weaker than the second half, and they've clearly just, like, gotten better and better and just, like, found their groove more and more that's gone on, whereas, like, shows like Flash and Supergirl have sort of 
been losing their groove almost whereas yeah, legends they, they... i think is just getting better mm-hmm. and i, would and say I love with, it w- w- to include arrow in that list i would say arrow is it knows what it is it does what it does it's just not as fun because i yeah. it, you know it, it's a lot more serious than mm-hmm. the other shows and they always try to be like this this year oliver queen's gonna be more of a jokester and then and then he but that's kind of almost the point of the show is he tries to be better but he he's still like i'm oliver queen which i know is not the comic oliver queen they're they very they very much batmaned him up which that's is, i will admit like my bias towards not being a big arrow person is the fact that they did batman him up because i love ollie in the comics right i know you're a big um, ollie fan and and, and i really the, love ollie and dinah and so like yeah. It's just not the Oliver Queen that I love, and so, and I and it's fine because like it's an adaptation, and like they can do what they want, and like I respect that, and anyone who loves it, totally and cool. When, it's just not like, my thing. And for the universe, for what it is, when they do the team ups, it's always fun to see him interacting with the other characters that are more light. And, yeah, because it's kind of like, even though he's not the Oliver Queen from the comics, he's a, he's got a very good demeanor mm-hmm. in terms of, like he's a very defined personality so when he bucks up against the flash or ray palmer um who are much more lighter characters especially barry when he's not got the weight of the world on his shoulders <laughs> yeah, really um he's you know it's much more fun to see them kind of bounce off of each other you know they're kind of like two sides of a different coin um yeah. so legends yeah These are so all fun characters they're so they're, the characters and i mean the characters we mentioned this a little bit before the we started the episode, but the characters are really what make Legends so good. And yeah. one of my things is one of my favorite tropes in any storytelling is a found family. I'm obsessed with found families. And um, that's what this is. I literally watched The Purge Anarchy, and it was just a found family movie to me. <laughs> wow like that's how much i'm like oh my god people adopting each other and like becoming families <laughs> while, I, while the purge is happening okay i watched the purge anarchy and i was like i was like oh my god you guys frank grillo was just adopting people and protecting them and they were like that is not no anya anya people are killing each other and i was like but adopting <laughs> So this I like a weird. This is that's such a weird take on the purge anarchy. That's how much I love found family. That's how much I love like people coming together and like forming this like bond and this f- familial relationship together and like mm-hmm. doing anything for each other. And like I just love that so much in storytelling. And Legends has that in Spades. You know, like flash team sort of has it too and sort of like supergirl team like that's just inherent in superheroes almost but like yeah especially with the cw layout like arrow has his team and Mm -hmm. flash has star labs and supergirl has the do yeah Um, but with legends it's different because they're all like living on the spaceship together and like they really are just like that's their home and they're each other's family they're all they're all it's an ensemble cast Mm -hmm. it's not it's not surrounding one person uh, even Arthur Darvill, when even though he's like the cap, he was the captain in the first season. He became more uh, supporting character on the, in the second and third. In fact, I think he's only been in one episode of season three so far. Yeah. Um, and you know he's very much on the periphery now. I kind of whereas, take or leave him. Yeah, to be he's honest, not the, he's not the best. He served his purpose in season one. Like his, he was. That's what he formed the legends to, f- for his 
reasons and then they just kind of became their own thing mm-hmm. and i think that that serves in the terms of the show in terms of writing as well as in terms of the characters because he was almost like burdening burdening them with a with darkness that is uh, alleviated in the second and third seasons yeah um i really love kind of pretty much every character um mm-hmm. on this team i mean i have my favorites my absolute favorite character is uh nate aka oh yeah uh, citizen steel yes um or is he captain steel no that was his grandfather yeah right? i think so um he's my favorite because a nick Zano is just a gem um that does he episode look like brad pitt to you does he look like brad pitt oh i a little bit a little bit when he has a goatee he looks more like brad pitt he's kind of got the hair from like i can kind of see that yeah yeah. But, like, he's, like, a gem. At, that the, There's an episode this in season three where he gets high. And yeah, he funny. is delightful. Mm-hmm. But also, he's a historian. So when he nerds out about he's history. huge nerd. And I was a history major for my undergraduate degree. So, like, I am also a history nerd. So, like, when I hear him get out about history, I just get so happy. And he's just so genuine and a giant like dork and he and ray are adorable together so he's oh, yeah. my favorite and i like really ship him and amaya i'm upset they're not together right now <laughs> yeah i think my favorite character is ray palmer definitely agree he's adorable that he's he's he, i love i loved him when he was on arrow he, he kind of didn't fit on arrow because he wasn't dark mm-hmm. he wasn't burdened with serious uh, although he did have a, he does have a bit of a tragic backstory. I think his wife died mm-hmm. in in the in one of Arrow's plots. You would know more I than I the, would. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Okay. So when S- a Slade Wilson wanted to like t- like burn Star City to the ground, essentially, he I think his wife died in the uh, fallout from that, um, and it's very similar. It's weird. It's like almost like the second. Ver- it's like a the lighter version of his Chuck character, if his Chuck character didn't go evil, because his Chuck character also had a wife that died. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, this is a weird trope for uh, Brandon Routh to keep play- having, but okay. Um, but he's, you know, he's he's always light and funny and he, also a huge nerd and like a dork. Like, they're all dorks. The whole show is full of dorks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, diff- you know, different versions of a dork. Um and I, th- I think especially their friendship is fun because it's like they're 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 like the two nerds who are trying to horse around with like yes look we're on a spaceship we're on they're a time so ship. like excited never... to be there yeah like they you know they they reference pop culture in fact we can talk about the latest episode which is like an et inspired episode um that was ray focused because it was about going back in time to when he was a kid in the such 80s. a good episode it was very, it was very timed well with stranger things because it was like you know, it was. I was like, I. I think I tweeted. I was like, big week for kids with ET inspired plots. Yeah, it was. It yeah, between that and Stranger Things, but it was such a such a good episode. It was so pure and like fun, and like that's what gets you out the show. And like, really, I love all the characters. Like I said, and all their dynamics. Like I think Sarah is a great captain. I really love her and Jax as mm-hmm. a pair. I love Jackson Stein. I think I like that. J- Jax has he's the engineer I think it was I wasn't sure what they were gonna do with him for a while because he kind of didn't have a role besides being Firestorm but then I liked when he took over as being like the chief engineer of the Mm -hmm. ship 
because he's a, he's a mechanic, so he understands how ships and cars and vehicles work. So it was fun that he got to do he's getting to do something as well as Stein getting to be like the doctor think hard on the ship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think also Mick is hilarious. Like literally every time Mick opens his mouth, I crack up. Oh, he's funny, and uh, we should say that Captain Cold is no longer yes. on the show as a regular. I think he sh- he showed up in season two. Uh, as a past version, yes, of he did. Um, but and so he was more evil. But season three, he hasn't been yet. Um, but Mick Rory as his own character is interesting because he's always kind of been in the shadow of Captain Cold. Mm-hmm. He was always in relation to whatever he was doing, whatever Captain Cold was doing. And now that he's gone, he has to be his own, own character, and he's great. Oh my god, he's so funny. Yeah, you know, he's he's like the evil. He, he's he's the he's the trope of villain who turned. Exactly. He's hysterical. And he's mm-hmm. funny with everyone and his nicknames for everyone. Um, Amaya is also great. Um, I think that her like arc this season is going to be really interesting just because we're getting so much more of her mythology um, as Vixen yeah. and of her culture, which is really great. And also the fact that like um, in that episode where uh, I think it's the episode where Nate gets high because he's helping her and she like has a vision or something, but she was acting with her mom, like her real life mom. Like that was Maisie. That was oh, Maisie Seller's mom, which that is really cool. neat, I think. And then we also got a new uh, member of the team this season. Uh, her name is Zari, and she is a Muslim superhero, which is yeah, first Muslim superhero in television, like primetime TV, ever. I think. Yeah, um, which is great. I already love her. I think she and Ray are really fun. We saw that with the Halloween. I like their, I like their yeah. development. I think they're, that's going somewhere. Agreed, agreed. I like her because she's a little bit, you know, she's a little brash and she hasn't been here very long. So she doesn't really know like what their deal is and jaded. She's also, it's interesting. She's also from the future. Yes. She's from a dystopian future. And uh, not the same dystopian future from season one, but a more closer dystopian, I think 2020, no, no, 2040 something. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be, I could be wrong, but it, I think it's in the, so like, but she doesn't know Earth's like pop culture references because yes. for whatever reason, you know, like government fascism and shit like that. Um, but Amaya is from the forties. Yeah. Uh, so we have characters not only from twenty. 20 pre- 20 present 20, you know our present but also characters from the past and future working together um although i don't think amaya and zari have had a lot of scenes together i think they had a couple a couple but it's it's interesting that they're basically like a century apart in terms of lifespan mm-hmm. and then these characters are in the middle and so it's very i like that dynamic of not only having a diversity in terms of race and ethnicity and se- sexual orientation but also in terms of because it's a time ship, you could have people from different time periods working together. Exactly. And I like that that building because, like, Doctor Who, even though most of its characters, even though the Doctor Who, he himself is a time lord that's a thousand some odd years old, his companions are, are always contemporary companions. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think it's very rare that he has a companion that's not from whatever present time of uh, whatever the show is set in. But I really like the idea of having characters from different time periods interacting with each other. Same. Because they get to learn from each other and they get to, you know, like Nate 
I think the fact that he just got to interact with he got to interact with the Justice Society of America yeah. in season two, even and his grandpa was a part of that. As a historian, that's a a huge moment for him. And he also developed a relationship with a woman from the forties. That yeah, and that's really interesting because it's like he's a historian, but at the same time, he's also still just a human who has feelings for Amaya. And so, like, mm-hmm. it's like this interesting dynamic of like the historian and him sees it somewhat differently than like just Nate the person who is just in love with Amaya and right because there's there's a present version of Vixen mm-hmm. her granddaughter who's who is fighting crime in Chicago or no Detroit um and she eventually has to go back to her normal life so that the present day Vixen can exist yeah you know because like if the, if, a, if Amaya is just never goes back to her her regular life as vixen in uh the 40s and 50s that's that's it, that has consequences for the future um although i'm glad she's back on the team because oh yeah no like that's the that's the beauty of also being a time traveler is that you can spend as much time as you want on the time ship and go back to the point where you need to go back to yeah um but you know, so this show has kind of like an uh, almost an unlimited resource of characters and time. Yeah, because they they can go back and and uh, the fact that they interacted with their past selves in season two has led to the season three de- development of like anachronisms. Mm-hmm. So like every episode, they go back into a different time period because there's you know the computer ship uh, alerts them to a time anachronism or. Uh, I think that's a new word. I think last year they called them something differently, but yeah, anachronism is definitely a season three thing. But it definitely works because it's like there's a mo- like Julius Caesar was in modern times, or there was a saber toothed tiger in P.T. Barnum's greatest <laughs> show on earth, um, Billy Zane. Billy Zane as P.T. Barnum, which Hugh Jackman has his money running for him. He so, really does. Uh, it was fun to have like that Titanic reunion too because of Victor yes. Garber. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I think we haven't really talked about Victor Garber. He's amazing. He's so good at Stein. And I, I heard that he's leaving the show. He is. So I don't know, I... like when or how and stuff. But he's gonna be going on. He's gonna be going to Broadway. Oh well, that's okay. But Victor Garber is gonna be in Hello Dolly. Oh cool. So he's always he's always fun when he shows up in TV or movies. He was in Alias. He was the dad in Alias. Um, and I mean, just think like I mean, he was on Flash first, and then. You know, he's done two seasons of Legends and however much he'll be in this season um, or all of it or whatever. But, like, I mean, so he's done, like, a pretty good stint right. in the, the CW universe. And so, like, I can, like, he's he's Victor Garber. Like, if he wants to move he can on do to other wants. things, yeah, he can. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm a little sad because Victor Garber is great. I mean, same. He, and I also wonder about, like, Jax. Yeah, because they're trying to split up. They're, like... I think in the latest episode, we're like, we're going to split up Firestorm. Yeah. Um, and they're like, what? Because, like, they're psychically linked. They have to merge every so often to, like, continue existing. Living, yeah. Um, but as you know, Jax wasn't the original Firestorm. That was yes. Ronnie, Ronnie something. Caitlin Bow. Caitlin's, Caitlin's Bow from from Flash. Um, so when he died, Stein had to find a new um, Firestorm companion, and they found uh, Jefferson Jax. Jackson who is referred to as Jax. He's kind of, he's uh, he's got a similar situation to Cyborg. I think they were both like football players. And yeah. They were caught in an accident and they became metas or in Cyborg's case, he became like a cyborg and Jax's case, he became fire, part of Firestorm. Um, but I like that he's uh, 
cool on the on the ship as the chief engineer. He's like Jordy from uh, Star Trek: The Next yeah. Generation. Yeah, and I mean he and Steiner fun because it's like you have like Jax, who's like very like cool and impulsive and just like younger, and like Stein, who is like an older professor and he's a bit more traditional. Mm-hmm. And like I yeah. love that line he has with Amaya, um, partially because this is me, but when he's like mysticism is just like science we can't explain yet. Yeah, which very is basically, Arthur C. Clarke. Which is basically how I live my life because I'm a big skeptic. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, that's like another great dynamic on the show. And so the characters are really what make it. Um, Willoughby, you had a really great point that like the characters dictate the show rather than like the plot dictating it. Like the characters are the center. Yeah, there's no the real, there's there's an overarching plot that always kind of shows up. They're hint, They're hinting at like a, a villain for, for season three that we haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but like season one was about defeating Vandal Savage. Season two was about uh, the, um, what were they called? Oh, the trio? It was like, um, Oh, they were the, um, they're not brotherhood. Cause that's X-Men. I cannot remember. What? They were something else. Uh, they were some sort of league. But I, think. I have, I do have to say, I really miss Merlin. Oh yeah, Malcolm Merlin. That was interesting that he he's an Arrow character who became a villain on uh, Flat uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, and I I think he and um, <clears throat> Damian Dark were definitely my favorite. Reverse Flash is kind of eh for me, um, but like Merlin and Damian Dark like always cracked me up, mm-hmm. and I really miss them as like villains so i'm interested to see what like the big overarching like villain and plot will be this season because i think yeah um season two it was really fun um it was very interesting because damon dark was also like a character in arrow that was a much like even though he was a murderer and like a killer and like evil he was also like playful mm-hmm. like he's always he's kind of got like a light touch to him and so like him and ray palmer the fact that they both existed in arrow I know Arrow has some minor, like, uh, um, Mr. Terrific is on the show, and he's great, and he's kind of, like, like a male Felicity in terms of being, like, a nerd who doesn't know, he can't read the room, uh, and so he always says, like, fun, out-of-place things, um, and, but he's, so he's, like, a bit of a comic relief, but most of the time, everyone's very serious. Yeah. Uh, so Damon Dark and Ray Palmer fit very well with Legends, more so than... Um, Arrow, and even the Reverse Flash, uh, like the n- the non Harrison Wells version, the actual Eobard Thawn. Yeah, actual Eobard Thawn. They work well in terms of uh, Legends because Legends has a humor and tone that even the Flash doesn't really have anymore. Yeah, which is more light. Um, so I, you know, in different strokes for different folks. So it's okay if Flash is a little bit darker than Legends because this is what they want to do, but it looks like they're getting more fun with uh, um, Elastic Man coming on the show. He's great. I already really like him. Yeah, I'm excited for more of him. Uh, and then, um, and, uh, yeah. So we obviously, like, uh, clearly we love all these characters because we've been gushing about them for, like, 20 minutes now. Um, I could yeah. gush about them for, like, another hour. Um, so, you know, Legend we've established is, like, the most fun of all the CW superhero shows that's very early Doctor Who, like, Russell G. Davies, and it's, you know, just, it doesn't take itself too seriously. But I feel like there is more to it than just, like, can't be fun. Like, what do you think? They, 
they know how to get they they know how to take the the stakes of their of their universe seriously without losing their their the characters to the plot and to the to like the seriousness of the stakes like the fact that they're saving time every season like that's a big huge stake um and i don't think they they never they never undercut the the fact that they're like if they don't do this time will blow up or whatever like it's always taken very seriously in terms of what they have to do to to stop bad things from happening um but the characters are they never that the characters in the camp and they, that never gets in the way of it it's it's always very it's well compartmentalized mm-hmm. yeah you know like they know the characters know when to be serious when when the time comes to save the world yeah but they also know when to when to joke except ray palmer might be the exception where he like kind of sometimes fucks up by just being ray palmer and being like a dork but he's adorable so um, okay. like he lost his, he he lost his suit to a samurai in feudal japan i think and that was like he had to get it back because he kind of like he like messed yeah. up by being by being himself essentially um and that's what i'm saying like a lot of the characters are uh, a lot of the plot is character driven instead of the characters yes. being plot driven yeah agreed i think the writers have also just really found a really nice balance um mm-hmm. they clearly know the characters really well and they know how to like make them vibe together really well and that's the fun thing <laughs> vibe. and that's the fun thing about the show is that like you know like we have like Ray, Ray, we have ray and nate's friendship and like nate and amaya's really did you just sh- give them a ship <laughs> apparently i did <laughs> good old rate um but like i love when you they put being an ensemble show they can also put like characters you don't normally see together together um mm-hmm. like you can put like nate with like mick or someone and like ray and mick are really fun i always call them haircut yeah. and like you can always just like put them together because they go off on like little missions and it's really fun to just see how they play off one another. And I think the writers just found a really good flow for this show. And I feel like it's just the most consistent now. I feel like every week I'm entertained. I love the character still. And even Zari is fitting in really well so far. And I'm excited to see how she continues to do. So I just feel like where the other shows almost get too ambitious for themselves and they crash and burn, Legends is more confident which i think is really ironic considering the fact that we both kind of wrote off legends of tomorrow as a spinoff that won't make it past yeah. the first season and now and then and but we also and also you you turn you talk about in terms of ambition every episode is a different time period which means it's different costumes and different clothing uh, that's the same <laughs> word different uh sets different you know car- ca- extras like there's a probably a huge significant budget to this show, but they make it work and they never kind of fail. Yeah, it works like, so well. They may there may be episodes that don't work as well as others, just in terms of maybe the writing is or it's a little bit looser and you're not sure what's happening. But overall, like I'm drawn to the show because of the characters. I'm drawn to it because of I like seeing the, I, I I love time travel. Time travel is one of my favorite sci-fi mm-hmm. tropes, and the fact that there's a time travel show on this on the, in the CW 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 Arrowverse which I never really expected especially coming from Arrow which is Arrow hardly ever did anything supernatural and now they're like Damien Dark is a supernatural villain 
uh, a lot of their characters are super enhanced and now there's metas with the flash so like they've slowly built this universe over time that they can introduce time travel through through via the flash but then also like a future time organization that has time travel capabilities and then they can go back in time all the time Uh, and you know this it's fun to think about this universe in terms of like they started with literally like arrow and like his you know first two seasons by himself doing his own thing then they brought on the flash then they brought in legends of tomorrow and supergirl at the same time like it's when they do the crossovers the crossovers are really fun because of all these characters and that's what legends we we've gone back to this we've circled back to this a few times but the characters are the best part of the show yes and I think that when the characters are so good, the plot can be a little thin, and it's not a problem because we know that we're going to get fun interactions with these yeah. characters. And it'll be it's just fun to see them on screen together. It's almost like every episode is a crossover because of these characters are coming from different versions of the shows. Yeah. I also think you it's know? interesting that, like, one of the biggest things that brought Flash down in the last two seasons was its ambition with time travel. Mm-hmm. And how its plot just got way too complicated for even its own writers. And it just started to overshadow everything about what made The Flash good in season one, which is, again, the characters. And I find it interesting that, like, that was The Flash's big downfall. But on Legends, they totally figured out how to make it work. Like, they don't... They don't... By not making things too complicated in a show that is inherently complicated because time travel is complicated, they've realized that you have to, like, simplify in order to make a time travel show work and not focus on, like, the nitty-gritty rules. And, like, we have the Time Bureau this season. Um, You know, I'm not sure how much we'll see of them. And so far, like, they're light enough that they're not really, like, overcomplicating things. And I think they've just really nailed that in terms in a way that Flash did not. Yeah, and it's it's in in the legends they don't worry about time travel messing up the future because they just fix it. Whereas right. with Flash, like the big point of Savitar was like, how do you change the future? Where Legends just kind of goes, oh well, you do it like that. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. And then, so like it's, I I'm not saying like it's two different versions of time travel, but. The way that Barry interacts with his with himself has complications that arise, and like Flashpoint was a big thing, and that actually affected the rest of the universe, except for Supergirl. It didn't really affect Supergirl, but well, she's a different um, Earth. It affect right different Earth, so it affected um, the the Flash the Flash Arrow DC Legends Earth Earth One, um, so that was a big thing. So there, the the fact that. Flashpoint was such an issue and Savitar is such an issue and then Legends deal with t- fixing time every episode is very very interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um which and I like that Flash is getting away from doing a speedster villain. Yes, thank um, goodness. And they're doing Although I'm not I sure about this current villain because he's very much like uh you know, uh you will be assimilated into the Borg. Uh he looks yeah. like, he looks like a Borg. Um he really does and so there's that so but legends right now is the funnest show of the cw universe i agree with you anya on that um yeah and i think it's just the most consistent mm -hmm. it's just really and it's instead of like overreaching it it's like it plays with its ambitions 
at a very like reasonable pace mm-hmm. unlike flash which like reached real far real quick yeah it kind of pulled an, and clearly did not pulled work Icarus, whereas this guy this legend yes. these these characters are doing their own thing um yeah yeah i think i think you know every week i look forward to it right and it's never like it's never like uh, like every episode like I, I i keep up with arrow just because arrow was the first show i watched and so i'm invested in the characters but I kind of take a couple weeks off to then kind of go like, oh, now I gotta watch it more. Arrow, right? And like with Flash, with a Flash, I consistent Flash and Supergirl, I consistently watch it on Mondays and Tuesdays when it's live because I like the characters and I, I think you know I think they could bounce back because as you as you can tell, Greg Berlanti knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I I have faith that these shows won't be god awful, um, but I do like that Legends of Tomorrow is such a it's such it's it's its own anachronism you know it's its own within the universe because it's a sleeper hit yeah exactly and i don't even know how many i don't even know how many people watch legends of tomorrow versus legend the flash and arrow and supergirl but everyone should be watching legends of tomorrow what do you yes, think basically this is just a 40 minute episode to tell everyone watch legends of tomorrow if you're not and if you think it's silly and unimportant compared to the big 3 you will be pleasantly surprised because Legends is actually the best of that's, all I, four. That's what it is. Legends of Tomorrow is a pleasant surprise. It's an underdog. It is an underdog. And that's the, that was the point of also the first season is that these characters who are supporting the, the heroes, you know, the reasons they're called the Legends of Tomorrow is because Rip Hunter didn't see that their lives had any uh, huge impact on the time space continuum so he took them out of their times of of time to fix his problems and uh basically they became their own superhero team yeah and it's it's almost like its own meta commentary on supporting characters Mm -hmm. in terms in terms of all these shows because you get all these really cool a lot of cool characters that are more interesting than the actual care the actual superhero and then you bring them onto their own show and they're all the most interesting people. Yeah. Like yeah. when Ray when Ray Palmer was on Arrow, I was like, I like him a lot more than Oliver Queen. Can he be the main character now? Also, um, here to just defend Brandon Routh for a minute because I think Brandon Routh is delightful. I also like his Superman. So there, his, his Superman, his, his iteration of Superman, and Clark Kent is amazing. He does a great Christopher Reeve homage. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I don't. I won't. I won't call it an impression because he he does he does do his own thing. But it is very much the Christopher Reeve Superman, with his own little like spin on it of being like a like a great version of being a dork. The movie is not great. Yes, but he is great. He is great, and he's um, also great as Ray Palmer. And so he's Brandon great as Ralph, Ray Palmer, Brandon Routh, him, underrated actor. Yes, he's great. All these characters are great. I didn't even. I don't know who nick zano was before he was on legends of tomorrow i don't know if he had a big if he had any shows or anything or movies but he's great yeah i don't really know him i know now that he's good friends with channing tatum i can totally see that they're like like, good friends they look like buds they look like they both go like dancing yeah nick zano posts a lot of like throwbacks of them on like his instagram and stuff it's great they even look a little bit like each other yeah nick zano looks like brad pitt and channing tatum oh my god yeah. <laughs> so basically, what Willoughby and I are trying to say is watch Legends of Tomorrow. 
Watch and you will not regret it. You will not regret it. And this is all. This is also a call out post for HT because she is. has not watched it yet. So HT, HT, if you're listening, get on that. Watch the show. You have a 17 hour flight back from Thailand. Watch you Legends. Have time. <laughs> do it. You can skip season one though. It's fine. Also, we 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 were able to do this episode because HT hasn't watched it. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that is a great way to end our episode, encouraging everyone, HT included, HT especially, HT included. to watch Legends of Tomorrow. It's great. It Honestly, like, if you guys, I know people who have qualms with Flash and Arrow and Supergirl, they don't like it as much. This is this is my recommendation to you to watch Legends of Tomorrow, because you, that'll, the problems that you have with these shows, they're not in Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, exactly. And Legends and you will make can, you happy. You can do what Anya did and skip season one. Maybe do like a quick Wikipedia of the season so you kind of understand, you know, the fallout from season one. Um, but season two and three are great. I can't wait for more. Same. All right. That is our episode about Legends. Let's move on to our last segment that we do every episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. So, Willoughby. Yes. You want to kick us off? I will. Um, brief mention of the the latest hit from the independent studio Marvel Studios. <laughs> uh, Taika Waititi's Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I call it Taika Waititi's Thor Ragnarok instead of Marvel's Thor Ragnarok because it is his film. It is. It is so good. If you guys have seen Hunt for the Wilder People... Or What We Do in the Shadows, or Boy, or Eagle vs. Shark. This is very much in the vein of his own comedy and term and character loving. You know, it makes it's a great movie. It's a great Thor movie. It's a great Taika Waititi film. Um, if you, we here on the Millennial Falcon are stark defenders of the uh, first Thor film. Absolutely. Um, I will sing praises about Thor: The Dark World, even though I know it's not a great movie. Uh, but the first Thor with Kenneth Branagh is a great movie. Oh, it's let's, a phenomenal let's movie. Let's not let's let's be real here. It's phenomenal, and you, if you haven't, if you don't like it, change your opinion. Um, but Thor Ragnarok is great. I saw I've seen it twice now. I love it. It's so funny, so well shot. It's beautiful. Um, I saw it one, first night in 3D, second night in 2D. I think I'd prefer the 2D just because you get a little bit more color out of it. Um, but the humor is still there. The character development is still there. Thor goes on. A, he's, he's an action star in this one. Where, more so than he's ever been. But he's also like. What I love about Thor is that he's a hero. Yeah. Like he is. A very classic hero. And yeah. I feel like we really get to see that. In this movie. And I just love Thor. My king. My god of thunder. And he really shines. Uh, sparkles as I like to call <laughs> sparkles, him. Sparkles yes. As Jeff Goldblum likes to call him. Jeff Goldblum in this is amazing. Linda Holmes from Pop Culture Happy Hour on NPR called him a combination of Jean Ralphio and Jabba the Hutt, and it's a perfect description. That's amazing. I will never call him anything other than that because that is so real to me. Yes. Um, Hulk is great. Bruce Banner's great. Valkyrie is amazing. Hella. I won't. We won't get into more because we're probably going to review this. Uh, for our monthly movie review, but just I want to sh- shout out to Thor Ragnarok. My real, really like of the week is John Mulaney. 
uh, I got to my girlfriend and I got to see John Mulaney live last night at the at the Daughters of the American Revolution's Constitution Hall here in DC, and he was so funny. If you guys have ever seen his comedy specials on Netflix, they're uh, new in town, and the one he did for Netflix, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, but they're both on Netflix. If you just search for John Mulaney, he's so funny. He's, he's one of my hysterical. favorite comedians. He's hysterical. Um, he did a really great bit about college and student loans because he went to Georgetown, so he kind of like poked fun at that. And then he did a really good bit on Trump, and he did a good bit just on his parents. He he likes to. His parents are a big part of his stories. His his like growing up in Chicago. He did a really interesting bit about like school assemblies and that's always fun so i really hope i really hope his tour gets filmed and that everyone can watch it anya i believe you're seeing him in december correct i am i'm very excited that's gonna be so you're gonna have so much fun with that um so yeah john mulaney is one of my favorite comedians and i'm really glad i got to see him live so anya what's your really like of the week um so i'm gonna have to also just give a quick shout out to thor um i loved it it was great um, if we do review it, uh, we'll be chatting a lot more, but I really, this was the most excited I've been for a Marvel movie in a really long time. Like, yeah. Cause I know it's been the most excited since I've been since civil war. So it's been like a year. It's been like a, over a year because, which is funny. Cause there's been four Marvel movies since then. <laughs> I know because I was like that person who bagged on Dr. Strange. It's now one of my higher rated Marvel films. Mm, interesting. <sighs> Doctor Strange really won me over when I would not expect it to. Yeah, that's awkward. Um, we all know how I feel about Guardians. You, you love um, it. I think Spider... Just kidding. Uh, yeah, it's the best. Just the best. <laughs> I think Spider-Man was fine. It was fun. I liked it. It was... Nah, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Thor, I just feel like I like that love I've had for the Marvel Universe like came back in full force. And so between this and Black Panther next, I'm just like, yes, Marvel's back. Yeah. And then Infinity so, Infinity War with um everyone. Everyone, like literally everyone. Um literally everyone. and it's being it's directed by the, the Russo guys, brothers. The, the Russo brothers who have done uh Winter Soldier and Civil War. Mm-hmm. So they're they've taken the Avengers reigns from Joss Whedon, uh thankfully. And um, we'll be seeing them shortly. Yeah. So also shout out to that. Um, my real, really like, um, surprisingly not Steve Harrington, even though I do really love him. And we've now seen Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. I'm glad shout everyone out to, is finally on board. Shout out to Stranger Things season two, as well as Steve Harrington, who is Anya's new bae. New bae? Well, not new bae, but just in terms of, you know. We all know that I was the OG Steve Harrington fan because oh. I loved him since season one. That's true. Damn right. But really, my really like is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I watched the latest episode and it was very different. Okay, but this show, man. Yeah. It is going into such interesting, great territories that I was not expecting. I mean, we all saw kind of the, the shift at the end of last season. But, like, this season has been wild in the best possible way. I love where it's going. And I'm really interested in their exploration of mental health and Rebecca as a character. Mm-hmm. And it's just not, you know, we always knew it was always, like, a dark show. It always had that, like, dark underpinning to it. But, like, this season, they are just going for it. 
they are mm-hmm. committing. Yeah. And it's incredible. It is so fascinating to watch this. Um, and I think it's one of the most interesting shows on TV right now. I mean, definitely one of like the best and uh, Rachel Bloom is fantastic. But it is just, I, I feel like there's not anything like it on TV right now. And it's doing such fascinating things. And I love it. I'm like, literally every time I watch a new episode each week and it comes to the end, I like scream my TV because I need to see what happens next. Also, shout out to Rory O'Malley, who played King George in Hamilton. And he, in this most recent episode of Crazy X, played her roommate in that like hostel. Oh, Yarl. Yarl. <laughs> who was hysterical. He was so funny. Um, and I am still really loving Scott Michael Foster as Nathaniel because I was a huge Greek fan when it was on ABC Family and he played one of the lead characters, Cappy. And I love Nathaniel on Crazy X. So I'm just, I just, the show, it is so great and so interesting and so wild. And I love it. I love it. So that is my long-winded, all-over-the-place, really, like, for the week. That's okay. Mine was all over the place, too. And HG's not here to police us, so it's fine. Yeah, this is a lawless land. This is our, yeah, this is us, like, going balls to the walls because HG isn't here. Millennial Falcon going rogue. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so that is our all over the place episode for the week. Um, I, would, I would say, I would say, I mean, we did go all over space, but we also all went over time. There you go. There you go. If you guys have any thoughts on Legends of Tomorrow or Thor or John Mulaney or Steve Harrington or Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. We did a lot of really likes this week. Um, come There's chat. only two of us. <laughs> we had to make up for that. Yeah. Um, come chat with us. And where can they do that, Willoughby? You can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're also on Twitter, at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. We're also on SoundCloud, and we're on iTunes and Google Play, where you can rate, review, and subscribe to us. And where can they find you, Anya? You can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. And you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs, and you can find HT at HTranBooey on Twitter. All right, that's our show. All right, bye! Bye! (laughs) 